Welcome back to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment and media. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I am interviewing Samantha O'Coin, star of the new series Astrid and Lily Save the World. If you haven't yet seen Astrid and Lily, it's a phenomenal series. I totally recommend checking it out. It features two fat leads, two fat young girls in high school, and they accidentally open a portal to another dimension and become monster hunters. So it's a really good time, and we're going to get into it with Sam in a little bit. But first, I want to remind you guys that this is the beginning of season three. Here we are, season three, episode one, and episodes will now be every other week. In the off weeks, we'll be doing episodes on Patreon. They may not come out exactly every other Monday, but there will be two bonus episodes per month, which you can get for $5 a month at our quirky best friend tier. And going up from that, there are even more perks, which you can find at patreon.com slash more than Tracy T. Also, as a reminder, I am fundraising for my Edinburgh Fringe show, so if you prefer a one-time contribution as a way to support this podcast and this project in general, our GoFundMe link is in the description, as is my Venmo. And of course, if you cannot financially support the podcast, but you want to show your support in another way, please, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I understand Spotify does reviews now, so that's amazing news. So if you're a Spotify listener... Now you can finally pen a public love letter to this podcast. So it is Passover. It is day. Oh my gosh, when did it start on like Friday night? So I guess it's day three. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my relationship with religious fasting. So since I was a kid, I was really into being Jewish more so than my parents. I wasn't raised very religious, although we did celebrate holidays, but we didn't go to synagogue every week or anything. And I don't think my parents would have sent me to Hebrew school had I not begged. But my mom told me that I could get my ears pierced when I had my bat mitzvah. So that motivated me the whole time. But aside from that, I wanted to like be in touch with my heritage and all that stuff. And so every Yom Kippur, I would fast from the time I was about nine. And one time my mom gave me a banana and I forgot that it was Yom Kippur in the middle of the day. And so I ate the banana and I got so mad at her. Like I was so committed to it. I was so into fasting, even as a young, young kid. And then later on, I ended up developing like eating stuff and fasting became something I didn't just do on Yom Kippur. Let's leave it there. And I still loved the Jewish holidays and I thought it was just a snap to have this dietary restriction. It made me feel like a good Jew. It made me feel like a real Jew. It made me feel like I was really doing the holiday in a way I wouldn't have been had I not fasted. And then in college, I I was um, trying to keep kosher for Passover and it had sort of accidentally happened. But I had been questioning Judaism a lot recently because I had sort of started to meet some more conservative Jews whose views I didn't agree with. And so I remember eating a piece of bread at the Cheesecake Factory on purpose at my friend's birthday party as a freshman in college. And since then, I haven't really kept kosher for Passover. I have fasted on Yom Kippur a few times. But at this point, the one day thing feels a little bit more possible for me and a little bit like easier and Passover itself. It's just so weird because I went in this year being like, I am going to do it. I want to do it again. I want to be a Jew. I've healed my relationship with food enough that I can like go through these eight days of intense dietary restriction. And then I was talking to my sister on the phone a couple days ago and I was like, wait, why am I, why, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? And I started to like actually ask it of myself because I had this idea, and it's kind of built into a lot of religious fasting, about cleanliness and moral rightness, morality. And I realized that I wanted to do Passover so I could feel like a morally correct person. And suddenly that reason was like not compelling enough for me anymore. I here's the thing. I don't really believe in God. I don't subscribe to other Jewish morality. Like I don't keep kosher. I don't like believe in a lot of the Jewish teachings. Like and it's so funny because my relationship to my Judaism is a lot more cultural and ethnic than it is religious. And I realized that this Passover undertaking was sort of a way for me to 
feel good about myself. And like I was using it to prop up my own ego of being a good person and being, you know, able to deprive myself of something for eight days. And that's like also has always been very clear to me. That's why I did every single diet I've ever done because I wanted to be a good person or just appear a good person or both. And it just wasn't a good enough reason for me anymore. So I've become a little bit more flexible. Um, You're not supposed to Ashkenazi Jews, which I am, don't eat beans and rice, um, but Sephardic Jews do. So I've been eating, I ate like a little bit of hummus, like, and I'm just trying to make it more about what actually is honoring this holiday rather than what is honoring my need to feel like I'm doing something right. So I'm trying to like reconcile this sort of mindset around fasting and dietary restriction with like the way that I want to be Jewish, if that makes sense. I don't want to be following the rules just to say that I followed the rules. I want to only be following the rules if it's meaningful to me because that's actually why the rules are there. And if I'm going to be a Jew, like I want to do it in my own way that feels right to me and not just follow follow this rule either because society will be impressed with me that I had self-control or because it's what Jews do, period. And because there's also, because there actually is like real meaning behind fasts and, and dietary stuff in the Jewish religion. And I don't even subscribe to that. And, you know, I don't keep kosher at all, at all. Lobster is my favorite food. (laughs) Like, let's be clear. I do not keep kosher, never have. And, like, if I'm going to do or not do these dietary traditions, like, I want to have a reason for that. I guess my reason for not being kosher is just simply that I'm not very religious. So my main goal in terms of Judaism has always been to connect to my heritage, to use the, like, stories of my ancestors to inform my beliefs and my politics in the present day, which is like a lot of what Passover is about, that we were slaves. And so thereby we have like a duty to support people who are marginalized today. At least that's how I interpret it. So I want to keep connected to that message and not get caught up in the ego of did I restrict in the best perfect right way? And I also know it's a slippery slope, which is why I haven't done it in a few years. Because when you get your value from that for one week of the year, it's very hard for that not to leak into the rest of the year. Sometimes I'm like, well, I haven't been restricting really intensely. Like, I don't have a good enough excuse not to do Passover. I'm just being lazy. And so I start thinking all these, like, negative fat stereotypes about myself. But honestly, like, Going back to the religious piece, I just think that the motivation has to be there and the motivation has to be right. And I don't think that it really is right now. And I don't think that I deserve to beat myself up if I, you know, eat some hummus when Ashkenazi Jews are not supposed to eat legumes. So those are my thoughts on Passover. If you are a person who does religious fasts, I would love to know your experience and your thoughts on this. And if you have any disordered eating or like dieting history that clashes with that and how. Um, Let's start a dialogue about this because I feel so much shame about any time I choose not to go to those traditions and do them fully. I thought that was Catholic guilt, but I guess Jews have it too. So love that for me. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm so glad to be back. And without further ado, here's my interview with Samantha O'Coin. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! I'm like, I love when I see somebody in the little box that I'm like, I saw you in this little box, but you were on TV a minute ago. It's crazy. Oh. So, um, first things first. Uh, why don't you just tell us, like, what's your origin story with acting in the arts? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so basically, when I was really little, I was about, I think I was about like 
eight years old, um, I got a flyer at my elementary school, like this public school that I was at for this audition um, that was going to be taking place that night. And it was for this summer theater camp. And I remember getting the flyer and then taking it home to my mom and being like, I really want to go. Can I go? And um, she was like, yeah, for some reason. So she took me to the audition that night and I ended up auditioning for this summer camp and I got in and I did my first play, which was Annie. And from then I was just kind of like hooked on performing. Um, And yeah. And then like fast forward, uh, I would say, you know, years and years later, um, I kind of wasn't doing live theater anymore. I was more focused on music and singing and songwriting. And then I went to this like open casting call for this agency and, um, and I got signed from Book It Talent Agency, which is my current agency. And from there, you know, I was just continuing to work on music with them um, and, and songwriting as well. And then I just recently switched agents, but in the same agency. And uh, I started auditioning for like live, like not live, sorry. I started auditioning for like TV shows and I had never really done that before. And this was just this past year. And so then I got a couple auditions. One of them happened to be Astrid and Lily Save the World, and I did it, and I got a callback, and another callback, and then I uh, found out I got the role. So it was really crazy for, for me. It happened um, pretty pretty quickly for me, and yeah, it was it's uh, yeah, it's been 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 great, and and here we are. <laughs> That's so cool. I would love to hear more about your music and like what got yeah. you into that, and what was the transition sort of like from switching from acting. Absolutely. Yeah. So my dad, he is like, he was a singer, you know, growing up. Um, he was always a musician. And when I was really little, I would always sing with him. And, you know, I, I always knew that I loved to sing my family. We would do like karaoke nights around, uh, around our like crescent where I grew up Mm -hmm. and we'd always like, we'd always host a karaoke night. So I always knew that I really loved to sing. And then, um, I eventually got a vocal coach when I was in, I think grade five grade five or six and um from there I was just like doing recitals and stuff like that and like singing in front of people and yeah so I just knew I always knew that it was like a big passion of mine I just didn't know I was gonna you know want to make a career out of it or that I would be able to um and then I picked up songwriting in I think grade 11 um we had to do it for a class actually Mm -hmm. and at my school and I ended up writing a song and I really enjoyed the process and then from there I just kind of kept writing and writing and and now I'm um now I'm gonna be hopefully releasing an EP this year um I've already written or co-wrote this like Christmas album um about a year ago and so that's that's already out and and yeah so I wrote a couple songs for that and recorded a couple songs for that but uh, but yeah I'm hopefully gonna be releasing my own music soon yeah it's just it's just been a been a huge passion of mine and um, the transition between, you know, I was fo- mainly focused on music and then kind of just swapped to, to acting very quickly, mm-hmm. um, at least TV acting quickly. It was, a, it was kind of a wild transition. I mean, I always find songwriting to be really, really personal. And so I think I hold that a little bit close to my heart, but I really love the two. And yeah, I, I honestly didn't know I could love acting as much as I did. And I kind of discovered more of my passion for acting while on the show, while on Astrid and Lily. So yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping to pursue both in the future. Um, I don't really want to pick or choose. No, I really, really do love it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I really do love both of them. That's amazing. So, um, so like through your life, when did you become aware of like body size as like a factor in entertainment and performance? Yeah. Well, I mean, for acting, um, you know, when I had first started auditioning for things, it's, you know, you get, you get your, you get like the role description. And, um, I was finding that a lot of the roles, obviously that I was being submitted for, you know, was the, the uh, oversized sort of like funny friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I found that I find that a lot in the entertainment industry, you know, there's not a lot of different sort of roles for us, like for us, yeah. um, for us plus size gals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, it's usually just that stereotypical like funny fat friend, and um, so that is, it, you know, when I was first auditioning for things, I kind of took it to heart. I, I 
like, you know, I was more, I was, you know, I'd say more impressionable then, but um, Mm -hmm. I would look at the role descriptions and I'd just be like, but why can't I be like the love interest? Or like, why can't I be like the protagonist? Or why aren't there like neutral roles? I didn't understand why there were no neutral roles. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely affected, it definitely affected my mental health at first. You know, it was such a weird sort of, it's such a weird industry to go into, I think, where, you know, your body is kind of like a prop (laughs) Um, in a way. It's kind of like, it's all about what you look like. Um, Of course, you know, acting, your your ability to act is, is, is important as well, but there's a huge other part of it, which is just mainly like how you look. Mm-hmm. So I just, I found, you know, there's just, I think the, a lack of roles for plus size, plus size girls in the industry. And um, I've seen recently, obviously, you know, with this show, you know, we are the protagonist. So that has been yeah. really amazing. I've been super proud to be a part of this show for that reason. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping, you know, there's going to be more diversity and more, like, neutralization of bodies in the industry, hopefully. That's what I'm, what I'm hoping for. Amen. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would love to hear a little bit more about how when you first got the audition for Astrid and Lily, mm-hmm. um, what was that, what was the description of, of your character's body and what was your first impression of it? Yeah, so um, I first got the self-tape sort of breakdown of my character. Um, So I found out, you know, it said that she was the sweet-natured girl. Mm -hmm. She liked photography. She was really creative. She was super insecure in her body. Um, It did say she was plus-size, but um, because the show was actually originally going to be called Pudge Patrol. Uh, Fun (laughs) fact, the show was was originally going to be called that, but then they they changed it Mm -hmm. to Astrid and Lily, Save the World. But yeah, so it was initially going to be called Pudge Patrol because... Obviously, you know, our the first episode, it's about how we get bullied for our size. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that was in the description. But then it was like, she's the, like, she's a protagonist. And, and then I, you know, I did the self-tape initially. Um, and I really, really loved the character. I loved the writing. Um, I loved the way Lily spoke. And I just loved the way that, you know, I was kind of able to relate to her. I mean, you know, she's an insecure teenager and I definitely was an insecure teenager in high school, um, you know, and and I got sort of some insight that, you know, her character would develop and grow into this more confident person as the season went on. So that, that was something I, I was super, super happy with and I really resonated with for her. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I got the initial, uh, you know, breakdown. I did that self-tape. And then a couple weeks later, I got a callback. And um, I did a first chemistry read with my co-star, Jana. And it was it was such a fun um, sort of audition process. And then my second callback, it was an intimacy read. So I didn't, I didn't know initially that my character was going to have, like, a love interest. Mm-hmm. Because I just... I shouldn't have assumed that she wouldn't. But, you know, I, I assumed that because... I've never like yeah I never seen like characters no, like me have like totally a love interest a fair <laughs> um and then they were like yeah like she's she's gonna have this love interest and um it's gonna be the popular girl and I was like wow like it's a love interest and it's a pop like a popular girl like that's crazy like what's happening <laughs> so that just made me love the character and the show even more mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was super 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 refreshing I think to you know get to see this sort of character and get to play her um yeah it was a great it was a really great auditioning process though for sure yes um how is a chemistry read different from an intimacy read okay so um my chemistry read was with Jana Mm -hmm. and it was basically we had all of the crew or a lot of the crew on on the zoom call um it all happened over zoom Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like the casting director, um, the showrunners, like the writers, um, and just some other people from the production company were, was on the initial chemistry. And then of course, Jana, who had already been cast as Astrid. Um, and so that was like, we did a bunch of scenes and we did them together. And so it was just to, you know, see our chemistry together. The intimacy read in the second callback was with just one, was with the main casting director and the reader um, and me. So it was like a very small sort of intimate audition because it was surrounding like, um, you know, a, a sort of an intimate scene with my character and, and Candace. Yes. So yeah, so that so that that was sort of the difference between the two. Um, but yeah, it was it was both both were great. I really loved I really loved doing both. 
it was kind of nice having not as many people in the second one. It was like, <laughs> okay, I can kind of breathe a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> Definitely helpful yeah, but... for something that's so like intimate and about two people. Because even though obviously you will eventually yeah. be doing it in front of the whole crew, like it's good yeah. to establish that together so you can sort of keep that energy. Definitely. I have to say, like, I just love Lily's character so much because I think she's so relatable. Both of them are. But Lily in particular, I think she kind of is that sort of quirky best friend trope. Like, you can you can tell that she has internalized these messages that she's been seeing because they talk about it. Yeah. And yet her being the protagonist completely shifts the focus. And it human it like it like immediately makes her more than just this, like, two-dimensional supporting character even though her personality like does fit into that but in being the lead she's like allowed to grow so much and to have so much more depth and I really just love how both Astrid and Lily in the show they know about body positivity they know that they should love themselves they know that like they're wonderful and like Mm -hmm. that their bodies don't make them bad people or anything like that but it's so hard to like ingratiate that when you're like they like keep having to remind each other no like we're bad bitches we're it's okay we're we're <laughs> yes. still beautiful we're still like good people but it's so hard when you're constantly being knocked down by the world and i just any Absolutely. acknowledgement i see of that in tv makes me so happy because that like that is the struggle it is after you find <laughs> out about self-love and body positivity and these things like it's not over it just becomes more of a mind fuck exactly no it's so true so true i love 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 the writing in that way because you know it it it, like as you said you know after we discover this sort of newfound self-love and we realize like you know our bodies are beautiful it it doesn't just like our insecurities don't just go away Mm -hmm. and and the world doesn't change just because your mindset has changed so it's yeah so you're, you're still going to be you know facing those sort of struggles of course and yeah so I'm super super happy that the writing incorporated that and that it wasn't just like an easy fix it's not just like nope we love ourselves Mm -hmm. and so there's no problems um I was super happy that they they didn't do that angle because I know I I've seen some people I've seen you know other other things you know kind of kind of do that sort of like quick easy yeah easy fix like oh you love yourself and you're all good now you don't doesn't matter like no like Words, words matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like, I feel like changing your mindset and your, like, self-value, you you mm-hmm. need to in order to change other people's perceptions, in order to, like, change the world. Definitely. Or, Definitely. like, I have a whole thing in my solo show about this, like, changing the industry. It does start with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to not believe that being fat means all of these other bad things. Um, but it doesn't just happen from that. However, I do think if the world changed, (laughs) automatically (laughs) a lot of people's mindsets would shift quickly. But also, the world used to be away, you know? So, like, you'd you'd probably have that baggage and that trauma. But um, it is, it's just a little bit more complicated and there is that in-between space. And I love to see, and really, I mean, from episode one, they're talking about, like, they're reassuring each other and, like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of screw the bullies in that sort of way so it's it's yep. beautiful to see that like over an entire season of tv to see all of that exist in this in-between space i agree i agree it was very very i think liberating to get to to play these characters because like i said i do really relate to lily and i definitely went through you know some of those situations in high school um you know just being insecure so it was very i think it was really healing actually getting yeah. to play her um you know I had to face a lot of some you know some of the same things that she had to face internally mm-hmm. and uh you know just getting to play it out again sort of <laughs> um in a way I kind of got to defeat you know those sort of inner demons again but you know in a more in a in a grander way yeah. I guess um so yeah it was actually pretty pretty healing I learned a lot from Lily I think definitely that's so amazing Um, I also just love that there's two fat people and they're best friends because I know for me, especially being an actor through my life, it has sometimes I have sometimes felt competitive with other fat people. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I really had to like go in and and examine within myself that like this belief that there can only be one. So it actually was like so amazing to see that because so often that fat character is like a token and so you yep. don't actually get to see two fat characters interacting, having relationships, 
even though I could name lots of fat mothers and daughters or sisters or brothers or whoever. (laughs) Yep. No, I totally agree. And I just love that their friendship is really the foundation of the show, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, Astrid and Lily, they, they are not there to, you know, go against each other. They are there to lift each other up and they are, you know, they're kind of each other's rocks. And so it's, yeah, it was really, really, um, again, refreshing, I think, to get to play that character and play that relationship with, with Astrid, with Jana. Um, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it is so interesting because usually in, in TV, there is like one fat, one fat friend or there is one, you know, sort of fat person and there's not multiple, uh, at least yeah. not multiple in, you know, in a, in a more of a lead position. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's really, I'm just super, super proud of, of the show, super proud of the casting and, and, um, and the, and the writing and yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome to see it. I love to see it. <laughs> want to see more of it. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, I would love to also just chat with you a little bit more about the romance with Candace. And like, what was that like for you? Because so, I mean, I think it's a very stereotypical trope that it's like the outcast and the popular kid. But Mm -hmm. to see it, one, a queer version of that with two women and two, where one of them is fat and one of them Mm -hmm. is like super conventionally attractive. Yep. (laughs) I just have never seen that before. And that's so phenomenal. So like, what was it like getting to do that? Yeah, I hadn't seen it either, actually. Um, I'd never seen it before. It was, I mean, it was amazing. The approach to the relationship, I loved. I love a slow burn. I love that sort of enemies to lovers um, relationship. It's something I've always been really obsessed with when watching uh, anything. I'm the same. We can talk about Bridgerton after this, season two of Bridgerton. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I literally, stop. I've, I've watched that. I know this is off topic, but I've watched that season three times already oh my god and it came out like last friday i'm savoring it i'm halfway through i am so busy and i haven't gone through the whole thing but i'm obsessed okay i won't spoil but you can spoil the internet's already got me but i'm still gonna i'm gonna see through oh yeah no no no, you have to it's so worth it (laughs) oh my gosh okay sorry what was the question um (laughs) no no right yeah so i i do really love the enemies to lovers and i was so happy that that was our character that was our story arc um, in the show, and it was amazing, you know, getting to, you know, have this sort of LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I was super passionate about, so happy for. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Julia is a dream to work with. Julia Doyle, who plays Candace mm-hmm. in the show, she's a dream to work with, and her and I became so close so quickly on the show, and like. I mean, we're still, we're still friends now. I was, like, at her house last weekend. <laughs> um, and she, yeah. But, no, I, I love Lily and Candace. And um, I'm just so, and I keep saying this, but I'm proud. But, like, there's so many things I'm proud yeah. about of the show. Because it's, like, uh, it's just, you're right. Like, you don't see it that often. You don't see, like, the, the fat the fat girl with the, you know, popular girl. And you don't see, like, girl-on-girl relationships in that way either. Mm-hmm. And so, like... I'm just super proud to be a part of that you know that that I'm happy to be half of that half of that whole so yeah no it, it was a really lovely relationship to develop and um I'm really hoping for a season two and that you know we'll have more as the fans call it Fortwell they <laughs> meshed our last names together love it, love um, it. So my last name's Fortenberry and hers is Powell so we're Fortwell I like that that's so cute <laughs> I um I think it's also the enemies to lovers vibes. It can be very Mm -hmm. true to how, like, queerness can express itself for teenage girls sometimes. Because, like, I definitely remember being like, I'm so jealous of her. She's so hot. You know? Right? (laughs) Like, it's definitely... um, The the two things can be very entwined in a society that pits women against each other already. And it's easy to mistake one for the other. It's true. It is true. And I definitely feel that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I think... They definitely were both like, you know, because they ended on bad terms when they were kids mm-hmm. and um, and they were friends and then they weren't. And now they're, you know, they're sort of put in this situation where they're interacting again and, you know, years have passed and there's some friend jealousy with Astrid mm-hmm. on both Candace's end and Astrid's end. Yeah. And 
yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> which there it's also like the fat person getting fought over, which is so rare. I know. <laughs> I was like, what is this script? <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> it's it's like amazing how many of these super common things we just simply have not seen with a fat person. Like, like what? Like there's the most <laughs> innocuous things that have nothing to do with size. Like, like literally. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. I so agree. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about the sex scene and like yeah. what was that like for you? Because it's uh, I think you said you'd never done one before. Like, did you have to work through any insecurity around it, or was it just like, heck yeah, I get to do this? We had an intimacy scene, but we didn't. It wasn't like a full on. Right, right, right. Um, it wasn't like a full on sex scene, but um, I had never, I'd never like kissed someone on camera, and uh, like ever. And so you know, getting to kiss someone on camera, I mean, it's so strange because we have a million people in the room. Like, our director was really great. They made sure that, like, people who didn't have to be around, they weren't, like, allowed in the room um, so that it was more of, like, an intimate setting. But, you know, we still have, like, our all of our cameramen all around mm-hmm. and, and our crew, of course. And so it was so strange, so strange. <laughs> like, because it's one of the angles of our, of our first kiss um, – before things got a little steamier, it was like we had a cameraman right here, like getting our lips touching. Oh my god! Um, so we had like we had one of our camera crew. Um, he was part. He was basically part of the scene. Uh, he was right here with us, and he was just like trying to get. And we had to just do multiple multiple takes in oh that angle, gosh. and multiple takes in another. So it it's kind of it kind of takes I think the romance out of actually like you know, the, the, the technical aspect kind of takes the romance out of it, but obviously it looks, it looks great on screen. So, the, mm-hmm. so I'm really happy how it turned out on screen. Um, but it is sort of funny how it's, it's really not this like moment of passion when you're doing it yeah. because it's so technical. It is like, everything is, is choreographed, um, down to like the, down to like the little lip touch and back, like it, right, and everything right. is so choreographed um, and you do it so many times. So mm-hmm. I, after the, I mean, I was nervous at first because I was like, I had never kissed someone. I've never made out with someone in front of like TV or like on TV in front of a camera. Um, and but then, you know, by like the fourth shot take or whatever, I, I was like, okay, this is fine. Like, yeah. you know, you, I got more comfortable and I, and Julia did as well. So yeah, it, it was, it was like a lot of like, Doing it over and over yeah. and over again. So you know, it's funny. I for a long time, and I, I went to theater school, and my background has mostly been theater, musical theater. Um, I remember for a long time, I would say to my theater school friends, like I've been acting not professionally, but since I was like seven, and I never right. had a stage kiss that entire oh. time. I never had, I never had that experience, and they would all trade stage kiss stories, and I'd just be over there in the corner, <sighs> like ha ha. Um, yeah. I did have to kiss people in scenes in class, but it's a different okay. thing where it's like only yeah. your classmates are watching. It's a much safer space. And to this day, I've never kissed somebody on stage. That needs to change. Oh yeah, I'm 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 available. If you want it to, I mean, <laughs> depends on what context. I have to say. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm totally willing to do these those kinds of things. Like, I would totally do a nude scene or a sex scene as long as the punchline isn't a hot fat person naked. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I was happy that there was no comedy with our, like, oh our, God, our yeah. intimate scenes. Like, it wasn't, there was no, like, oh, look at her, she's so chubby. <laughs> there, there are so many shows where they try to have their cake and eat it, too, with that. I feel like, like, they're, yeah. like, a lot of the times it's, like, there is a fat person who's a leader. There is, um you know, a fat character, like, they're trying to do a sort of a message about, like, body acceptance, but yet they want to have the punchline at the fat character's ex- expense. And, like, yeah. the fact that Astrid and Lily manages to be so funny and never have it be a joke at their expense is so refreshing and wonderful. And it also literally, like, illustrates that those jokes hurt and have an impact on people. Absolutely. They absolutely do. I know. I was so happy that we didn't incorporate that in our show because um, it would have been really easy to. Yeah. There were, there were so many moments where they could have easily, like, made a joke or, you know, there could have been some, like, sort of physical humor mm-hmm. of our, uh, like, from our bodies. Um, and they never, they never took that angle. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I was super happy about that. I'm hoping this is like the future, the new decade of that representation. Because like, fingers crossed. <laughs> if you look back a little bit, like even the movies that had the best fat representation, they still mm-hmm. wanted to like still have a punchline in there. Yep. And because, you know, they probably didn't have much of a choice. That's what was selling at the time. And like, they felt like they I'm needed sure, to yeah. do that. And like, yeah. even if it's a really good message or a really good character mm-hmm. that like does a lot of good for people to see, like even so it's never, it's never a hundred percent. There's always just a little bit of tongue and cheekness. Like Hairspray is a great example, which this podcast is named after. And I'm, I know I love, I'm literally love in my Tracy Turnblad outfit. Cause I just did a photo shoot for the, uh, for oh my, my gosh, yes. show poster. Um, but you know, Hairspray really, especially the musical, like it has Tracy and Tracy's a fantastic character, but then it has a lot of jokes about Edna eating and being like overly sort of sexual with food. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I'm hoping we get toward keeping the good and throwing out the other tropes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And honestly, Hairspray was a huge thing for me growing up. So another reason why I was so, I was so happy that, you know, um, you asked me to come on here because Hairspray, I mean, I was obsessed with that musical. I was obsessed with the movie and the, and, and the, in the live musical as well. Mm -hmm. I had seen both and I, and the movie was like one of my comfort movies. Oh, me too. I mean, I was like 10 when that movie came out and I had just gotten fat that year. So it was perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've kind of been, I've kind of been like chubby my whole life. And so just seeing it, I was like, oh my God, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, and like, I love to sing and everything. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, that's so cool. Like, she's like, you know, I, I I really loved that movie, but of course, you know, they had to throw in those sort of punchlines. Honestly, the movie cut a lot of them. The movie is really, really good. They did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, have I you agree. have you been Tracy? Have you auditioned for Tracy? Never. Oh my gosh! I would love to though. I just never had the opportunity. Honestly, there's never been like a oh, any day yeah. now, dude. You're perfect. <laughs> I would love that. And I know, I know, it sucks to tell fat people they'd make a great Tracy Turnblad. It's just like no, no, no. Hairspray, it's, so I felt like I no, like it's it's true. No, it's true. I, I would I would love to play her. Yeah. Um, that would be a that would be a dream role. Honestly, she would be like. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. And I love the music in that in that show as well. It's so, so fun. Good. It's so fun. So I literally good. played it during the photo shoot. <laughs> oh, yes. Good. Good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so what good. other, like, media or TV, movies, shows, mm-hmm. all that good stuff, like, what did you see fat representation in when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, um, obviously... We just talked about a hairspray yeah. was a big one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think like there were a lot, there were actually, there, there weren't tons of movies that I watched. Um, I, I just, the things that, that are like, that come to mind, you know, I remember watching like Drake and Josh, um, mm-hmm. the TV show, Drake and Josh and Josh is like, there's Drake who like they're stepbrothers. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And like Drake is the thin, is the thin brother. And then Josh is like the big, the big guy. And I loved, I loved watching that. And I loved watching that sort of like representation, but of course, like it, they always made jokes about his yeah. weight and everything, but that's kind of all, all we got back then. I mean, yeah. like I was, I felt kind of like, I was like lucky enough that I got, you know, some sort of representation. Oh like, yeah, no, I, um, I feel you. <laughs> I, I, I actually like, oh. always had a very uncomfortable <laughs> response to that show. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't. I, I every everybody was obsessed with it. Like all my friends were really really into it. But I um uh-huh. I didn't really start watching Nickelodeon until like maybe the the final season of it. So I wasn't as into it oh, as okay. all of them. But okay. They, yeah. My friends would talk about it all the time, or they would play it when I came over. I grew up without uh-huh. without like TV TV. So we were okay. We were okay. All DVDs, yeah. All streaming. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I. But every time it came on, I was like. You're, I was like, gotta thing. protect myself from being compared to the fat guy. Like, you know? I got that. Yeah. I totally get that. I don't think I... I think that's a great point, actually. I, I don't think I ever watched that show with other people. Um, I think that was more like uh, I would watch it by myself. I don't know if I could have watched it with other people you know that, at that time. That's so interesting because I've actually never thought about that way either. But the truth is I didn't have a way to watch it on my own Right. at the time. Yeah. Um, cause not everything yeah. was on streaming yet. And so True. like I could only watch it around other people. So maybe that like inhibited my ability to enjoy it. 
maybe yeah. i mean i definitely like whenever i'm watching anything and there's like a fat person and they're like the token fat person yeah. and i'm with people i got uncomfortable a little yes. bit I, i'm not not as much now but i mean even a little bit now but not as much mm-hmm. but like high school elementary school like i i would get uncomfortable yeah um i remember there was this movie like fat albert yes i remember and that. yeah and like <laughs> i loved that movie i actually loved the movie yeah. but I, I, I could not, I wouldn't be able to watch that with people, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to do a bonus episode on it where we like really break it down because I never saw it, but I remember the commercials very, very well. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 It was like, it was like a big, big movie. But yeah, that is, that's so, that's crazy actually. I never really thought of it that way. Um, how watching it with people might kind of, you know, change, change how you see it. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Like, having recently watched Fat Girls for um, our Patreon, we did a bonus uh-huh. episode on Fat Girls, the movie with Monique. Right. And yeah. I had never seen it before, and I loved it. It was super enjoyable. It didn't, like, it had its early 2000s gags at her body where she, yeah. like, is trying to wear tight clothes and things like that. It, like, definitely yeah. was not a perfect, perfectly, like, mm-hmm. movie that fit right into fat acceptance. But, like... Right. I really, really enjoyed it. But now that I think about it, I was watching it alone. So I'm like... Because it feels like the standard for what I would consider, like, good fat representation that makes me feel good is way higher yeah. when there's other people around. Because I guess I just, right. um, sometimes I don't trust other people not to immediately, like, buy into yeah. all fat stereotypes. So even when it's, like, yeah. a fat character is just funny or, like, like a Melissa McCarthy character type, like, yeah. I wouldn't find that, like... I wouldn't be that uncomfortable watching that by myself necessarily, but with other people, right. I'm like, oh, other- this is what they think of me, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh, that's wild. Yeah, that's so interesting. We've never talked about, I've never talked about that before on this podcast. It's like, this is like a new thought for me. Yeah, no, me too. I know. <laughs> I, I love I love that we came to this, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to think on this afterwards. Um, I just, something else to, co- to come to mind, though. Um, have you, you ever watched Glee? Oh. Oh, did I watch Glee? Okay. <laughs> <Okay>. I've... <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, I watched Glee. Um, Mercedes. Yes, I, I love, I love Mercedes. Um, you know they do, they did talk about her weight, and they, and they did go through that, but they, I don't really think they poked fun at it. To be honest, I, maybe I can't remember. I think there was like one episode where she. So the episode that I remember, and I think there might be other stuff that I just don't remember as well that might have poked fun at yeah. her weight a little more. The episode that I really remember is when she went on a diet to join the Cheerios. That's what I remember as well. Actually, yeah. no, I remember that. She was on the Cheerios. And she did, like, a, a super strict starvation diet and, like, um, yeah. was so hungry that people started turning into food in front of her, which at the time I was like... Oh, yeah. I was upset by it at the time, but now I'm like, oh, no, that's, like, literally your body's response to starvation. That's not necessarily yeah. fat phobic. Um, it's not right. like she's so obsessed with food that I she can't go. Food thing, though. Yeah. So I guess at the time I was like, oh, they think she's so obsessed with food that she can't go a few days without eating. But at the time, like, right. I was also trying to go a few days without eating. So I think now, <laughs> watching it now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. she has an eating disorder and that's what they're trying to show. Like, Yeah. that It's, tr- it's true, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you watch something and it kind of, it's so easy for me to project what I'm going through onto, yeah. you know a person on the screen especially like back then um yeah but i i did i did really love her character and like i loved her sort of like i'm not gonna you know take anyone's yeah. crap attitude and that kind of thing i i yeah i, lo- I loved i loved her so I was, I was always happy watching her also like her talent her talent spoke for itself like oh, right. independent of anything they could have possibly put on her in terms of fat phobia yeah so it was great yeah, to see no, a fat person her- just be really good and be acknowledged for being really good at something yeah it was so awesome such yeah so so great i loved that do you remember lauren from glee oh yeah <laughs> i do yeah. she was like with puck mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yes yeah yes i remember her they put po- they they poked fun at her at her weight right yeah they did so i just rewatched some of those episodes like a few months ago after making some tiktoks about them okay um, and lauren actually was a badass lauren took no uh. shit but a lot of the other characters made fun of her and there was like that scene where puck 
plays her, like he sings Fat Bottom Girls. The for song, her. yes, the Queen song. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, that was offensive." Yes, right. <laughs> yes, that was the first time I ever saw a fat person unwilling to be fetishized. I know, right? It's like because you have like this attractive guy, you know, serenading you. And, but I mean, the song is offensive, obviously. You know, yeah, like, it, it could be. It could be offensive to you. And uh, I, yeah, she was just like. Nope. <laughs> right. No, I'm not gonna. Because it's like he could have sang any love song and he chose that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? The, the other fun- thing about that song is that it's specifically <laughs> about having a fat bottom, which I don't. So I'm like, I'm not part of this. Me too. <gasps> I literally have the flattest ass. I hope I can say that on here. Absolutely no. Swear away. Oh, okay. go, go for it. <laughs> no, yeah, I literally have the, the flattest. I agree. I can't. I can't sing to that one. We should talk about body shape too, because I think that's like something that shows up so much in like both representation and just like Mm -hmm. what's acceptable. Yep. Acceptable way to be plus size. Yes. Exactly. Um. It. Yeah. Like my shape. I'm not like I don't have like an hourglass sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. figure. Um. Like, like, you know, my, like, my, my fat doesn't do that. My fat doesn't like, you know, it's not big up here, a little bit smaller and then, you know, big in the hips and big in the butt. And then, you know what I mean? That's not my body. Um, and I, I see so much in the media. It's like, oh, plus size model, this plus size model. And like, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm happy, you know, that we are having these people Mm -hmm. of bigger sizes, of course, being represented, but I'm like. I would love to see someone that kind of like looks like a circle yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You no, know okay. I, mean? <laughs> I literally have an episode of this podcast called Round is a Curve because I was talking about how I don't I don't like to use the word curvy to describe myself because I'm just not. Like and even yeah. when I was skinnier, like I still had I still carried all my weight in my stomach. The first place I mm-hmm. I lose weight is my butt. You know what I mean? And like I also have really yep. big shoulders, so I'm like kind of a triangle with the belly. Like and never see that. Never see that. <laughs> No, you don't see, we, we literally don't see that. Yeah. Ever. Um, I don't know why. I mean, like, I know why. Yeah. Because people and like, society kind of sucks. But I wish, I wish they would, they would change that. I, I, I would so love to see someone who, like, just looks like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just love to see someone who looks like me, who looks like, yeah. you know, they don't have to have this sort of, like, Right, fat it's like, hourglass figures. It's like even if, it's like because you're fat, you have to make up for it by being like fitting the correct proportions, still being conventionally yeah. attractive, not having a double chin, like all these things. Yeah. Um, and I like love and applaud all the people who do fit that and are getting represented because of it. But absolutely, yeah. And it also it weirdly feels like the standard skews depending on where you carry your weight. Like I see a lot of people talking about Nicola Collin from Bridgerton, who is absolutely phenomenal in that show, and she's completely treated as fat because of her like round face. Like she carries her weight in her face even though she's straight yeah. size. And so she, but on camera, it's very believable. Mm-hmm. Partly because of the way they dress her and because she's just like still her proportions make her look bigger than the other people on the show but like Uh also camera focuses on your face and i honestly i'm not gonna lie like i'm starting to get more into on camera from like rather than just doing theater and i'm worried about that i was worried about it as well a a bit because like here my face might not look as big as it does on the show it like i do carry weight in my face as well and like when i'm relaxed i get it i get my double i get my double chin like it it is there. Um, and you have to be kind of relaxed in front of the camera. And so right. I uh, watching the show back, I'm not going to lie. Like part there, there was definitely a part of me watching it where I was like, wow, like my face is like blown up on this screen and there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of face I'm looking at. Um, but I mean, that is, that is, it's a part of what I, that's what I look like on camera. And like, you know, I had to do some accepting there for sure. You know, it was actually, I think it was actually good seeing myself like that, yeah. though, on, on screen. I actually think because, like, I remember growing up, I, you know, selfies, you always, know, like, you know, get them yes, from this angle. Yes. And there's no double chin. And that was just uh-huh. kind of what I was used to seeing. And, like, that isn't, that isn't me, right? Like, that's false. Yeah. Um, so, I actually think seeing myself on TV 
and then seeing people like accept my character and accept you know the way like I looked on TV even though like in my head I'm like wow like I look like that well that's what I look like and you know you know it's kind of it is kind of mind-fucking every time I saw tape (laughs) yeah like literally yes exactly you know it's it's kind of like seeing yourself on TV is kind of like hearing your voice recorded yeah it's like not what you not what you think and you don't really like it but then other people around you are like oh you look great or no you sound fine like you know it's so it was really mind fucky but then everyone around me was just like no you it's great what do you mean like I don't I don't get it and I'm like yeah "Yeah, I, I guess but like in my head it's different you know it's not what I expected um so yeah that I totally get that 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 fear uh but but I I do think once you do it and then you see yourself on tv and then you see people's reactions like I I think it'll it'll be a positive experience because it's turned into one it's turned into yeah it's definitely an acting it's it's an acting inhibitor too if you because if you can't let your face like use your full range of expression Mm -hmm. um, or relax or be fully present then that's gonna get in the way exactly like you can't you can't like (laughs) I remember uh someone telling me like you can't try and look pretty (laughs) yeah and like it's like like yeah I guess that makes sense like yeah I remember my first voice teacher telling me that about singing she was like you gotta inhale all the way your stomach's gonna get bigger it's just how it is yes it's just how it works that's how our bodies work yeah gotta inhale air will fill up your belly and make it bigger indeed um yeah yeah no any other fat characters that are maybe more recent that have like been formational for you or like particularly positive? Um, I mean, like I've been watching Euphoria, mm-hmm. of course. Um, I guess Cat. She is the sort of plus size mm-hmm. person in the show sort of right? I think it honestly sort of. I think it reads on camera yeah 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 I think that yeah. like when I see the show I believe her as the, the at least the fattest one yeah like, yeah yeah that's a good way to put it the, the, the fattest I one. was her size in high school and like 100% was treated like I was fat so that's another thing yeah. people like if you're not like a size like four and below like people will yeah to be fair I didn't have her gorgeous face or hourglass shape but still Still, yeah. No, I still. Um, I I love I love that show, and uh, I you know I loved watching her like in the first season. I really loved watching her sort of, you know, develop this sense of confidence in her body because she's super insecure at first, mm-hmm. and then she sort of develops this um sense of security in her body. Yeah. Um, and she kind of has this like sexual awakening, which um I thought was really interesting to watch, and uh, yeah, so I. I, you know, I loved, I loved watching that. I thought that was, it was positive for me, I think. I mean, she's obviously an amazing, amazing actress as well. So it was just really great to to see that. I'm also a huge, huge fan of season one cat. Yeah. Season one cat. Season one cat's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see Unpregnant? Um, That's the, the other movie she did. I've seen it like three times randomly, no. but I loved it. You should oh, totally I have watch to. it. It's so cute. I should. I feel like I need, I feel like I need more recommendations for um, shows and movies that have plus highs um this is you're on the right podcast (laughs) i yeah 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 i guess so um (laughs) yeah i i I do because i feel like and i guess this is just a test to you know obviously the lack of representation there is (laughs) but i i remember i know like the question that you had asked me before you you'd sent me an email before and that was one of the questions and i actually was like trying to wrap my brain like i wrote I remember thinking, like, yes, Tracy from Hairspray. Yeah. Mercedes, Drake and Josh. And then I kind of drew a blank from from things that I had watched. So I feel like I need to watch more. Uh, maybe I just missed out on that, on finding. Well, you finding... really have to seek it out. And also I think yeah. sometimes when the representation is good, your brain mm-hmm. does not register the person as fat if it's never mentioned. Unless you're, like, really in the mode yes. of searching for it, as I now am 24-7. But for a while, I wasn't. Right. And I went back, like, thinking about childhood characters that mm. actually were fat the whole time. And I was like, wait, Winnie the Pooh? He was fat. Like, that was positive That's representation. So <laughs> I didn't even think of him that, that way. That is so, so true. Just yeah. He's just poo. Yeah. 
And like he, yeah, that's true. He always had his tummy out, and he was just like, "Ooh, my tummy!" Like, and he was feeding himself. Yeah, and he was always hungry, but like it was never like a like there was never any sort there was of no, like, like oh, you're fat. moralizing about it. I think that's where the, no. the difference is because it was never like oh, it was never like oh, gross that makes poo. Me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes me so happy. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Funny. No, that's so true. I'm sure there's t- actually I'm sure there's probably tons that just don't just never really talked about it that I probably just or like don't maybe remember. Garfield, like <laughs> oh yeah, Garfield. Yeah. He loves lasagna and he always had a big belly. Yeah, he did. That's rep- that's that's representation of not an hourglass yeah. body type. Thank you, Garfield. There, there it is, <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> Garfield doesn't have an hourglass. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. I think that might that might be the title of our episode. <laughs> I think it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, no, I, I, I definitely need to watch, uh, watch, watch more. Um, or maybe just go back to the things that I have watched and see. Yeah. See, you know, maybe there is the representation there, and I just totally missed it because it's not actually talked about. I mean, it's not in everything. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. 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 But sometimes, sometimes definitely there'll be like not, one but... like little co-star or something, and I'll be like, oh, that person's fat. <laughs> <laughs> they have like three lines. <laughs> it's like an yeah. under five. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so this is a question segment okay. that we do. It's called Cast Me Cowards. Okay. I do it with actors, and I want you Ooh, to tell okay. me one place you would like to see fat representation or be fat representation. It could be a role. It could be an ad campaign. It could be like literally anything. Um. Okay. I would love to see it in uh in like a what's it called in like a makeup campaign. Ooh. I would love to see that. I never see like plus size makeup models. Yeah. I don't really see that. I I don't know. Like every time I go into Sephora or like go into anything, like I never see like their faces and they're all like I never see like plus size faces in there. That's so um, true. On, on, I never on thought the pictures. Of that. They're always like, and I mean, there's definitely diverse representation and ethnicity, but never in body size. Um, yeah. So I think there, I would love to see that because I love makeup. I'm a huge makeup fanatic, but I never really see, <laughs> I never really get to see like you know the the models looking looking like me. So that would be really good. Yeah, especially because I feel like there are there are a lot of fat people on the internet who are fantastic at makeup. And they're like yes. doing doing makeup YouTube videos and everything, but like it's never in the advertising. That is so telling. Yeah, I, I never thought yeah. of that before. I'm so glad you said that. And then, what would you want to be? Like, what role would you want to play, or where would you want to represent? I'm gonna say, if we could, if they could refilm this movie, uh-huh. I would say 13 going on 30. Cast me in that. I want it. <laughs> I want I want the fat remake of 13 going on 30 starring Samantha O'Coin. I want it tomorrow. <laughs> Me too. I would love that. I was obsessed with that movie growing up. And I think that'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool to have a plus size person as the lead. I think it would be such an interesting dynamic too for someone who like hates being fat to be like I want to wake up when I'm 30 especially because like I know I was told as a kid like you'll grow out of it a lot like yeah you'll have a growth spurt yeah. and then your weight will distribute and it's just puberty you get taller. And, like, yeah. yeah turns out the puberty was actually just me having PCOS that was onset at puberty and will never go away but oh yeah <laughs> I love exactly. um, but anyway yeah. like can you imagine that like fat character who hates their body thinking they'll be thin when they're 30 waking up and seeing that they're still fat but they're like they like have an amazing life and they're like confused that'd be so cool oh my god i might write this i'll give you a call please do please <laughs> please please i would love this yeah. <laughs> i love it please yes we'll pitch it yes for sure for sure <laughs> um, okay so my last question for you is what can people do to combat fat phobia in the arts and in entertainment and media like this could be for other actors, this could be for industry people, writers, directors, like whoever, or just like what can lay people do? Yeah. Well, for people in the industry, you can hire us as your, <laughs> you can hire us as your protagonist and, and for writers, you can neutralize us. Mm. Um, 
I would love that because I, I think that's a, that's a huge way to combat. Like, like you said, when we don't, when, when it's not talked about that a person is plus size, like we actually don't think about them as, you know, as different yeah. or, you know what I mean? As we've seen with Garfield and, um, yeah, Winnie the Pooh. And, and Winnie the Pooh, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so hire us and neutralize us. And I guess, you know, for... See, it's hard to to tell an audience member or to tell people who aren't in the industry, like, you know, neutralize us because all they see are people not neutralizing us. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of hard. It's kind of harder said than done, yeah. I, would, I would say. But, yeah, just directors and casting directors and writers come on like you have the power (laughs) yeah the best way that i think to put it is like every single person should look in their brain at what they think being fat means like what is the word what does the word fat really mean so like if you think fat is an insult why do you think it's an insult because all it is is describing somebody's body size yeah yeah true very true yeah so, um, yeah. is there anything you would like to plug or leave us with? Tell us where we can watch Astrid and Lily. Um, tell of us any course. other any other things you have going on, or if we can find your music and your, your you have an EP yeah. coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Hopefully, my EP will be coming out in the next couple of months. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow my journey, you can follow me on Instagram at Samantha O'Coin. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Samantha O'Coin underscore. Um, I also just started on Cameo, so if you want you want a personal message i got you <laughs> or like if you want a shout out or whatever um and you can watch the show astrid and lily save the world on the sci-fi app or you can watch it on youtube tv you can watch it on crave if you're in canada um and and yeah that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much it incredible thank you so so much for coming on it was a joy talking to you i wish you all the best Um, And I cannot wait to see where your career goes and listen to your music and all the things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Abby. I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash more than Tracy T. And if you want to support the solo show version of this podcast, you can donate to our GoFundMe or my Venmo linked in the show notes. If you want to support but aren't able to do so financially, then it would be amazing if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This is one of the best ways to show your support for the podcast without having to pay a cent. And it literally takes less than a minute. And as always, please tell your friends about the podcast if you're liking it. Spread the word on social media and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at More Than Tracy T. You can find more information at morethantracyturnblad.com.